Hi, welcome to Tamiwa Oluen Podcast. Thanks for downloading, and as you listen, you are guaranteed an encounter with the word. Let's start with Daniel chapter 3, from verse 28 to 29. Daniel chapter 3, from verse 28 to 29. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted, not that they joked. Some of us are in this place. And we just take God's words with levity. Let's try for it to work. It's only a bold servant of God that says, if I be a man of God, that's a disposition. You know where you belong. It says, his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word. By the virtue of the communion today, the kind of steps you take will frustrate your enemies. And yielded their bodies. They should not serve. That's the king telling them. That's the king telling them. There's a way God is going to work with you this month. Your enemies will follow you to church. How you know that God is on your side is when your enemies come and ask you for help. I'm telling you. That they should not serve, not worship any other God except their own God. Now give me Psalm 34 from verse 1 to 10. I want to read it quickly. Psalm 34 from verse 1 to 10. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2. My soul shall make boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Verse 4. I sought the Lord. And he heard me. There is no way you will seek the Lord. He will hear you. And he delivered me from all my fears. Verse 5. They looked to him and were radiant. They looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were not what? Ashamed. Verse 6. This poor man. This poor man cried out. And the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all those who fear him. You see that? The angel of the Lord does what? Encamps all those who fear him and delivers them. Verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the word that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man. Who trust in the Lord. Verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord. You is saint. There is no want to those. There is no need. There is no lack to those who fear him. Now verse 10. The young lions lack and suffer hungers. But those who seek the Lord shall not do what? Shall not lack any good thing. Now give me Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 29 to 31. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 29 to 31. I hope you're following me this morning. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you. 
the Lord your God who goes before you. Before you. He doesn't come behind. He goes before. He makes the crooked way straight. So by the time you are getting there, you are not seeing a crooked road. You are seeing a straight road. He will fight for you. Listen, when you are beginning to defend yourself before people, fighting for yourself before people, it means you don't have a backbone. It means you don't have a God. He will fight for you. According to all he did for you in Egypt before your own eyes. I said last Sunday, I said God has a way of reminding you of what he has done before. Like my spiritual father would say, he cannot help you to the sixth floor and abandon you on the seventh floor. That's not how God works. He can't give you admission and not provide the school fees. He can't give you a wife-to-be and not take care of the marriage. I didn't say wedding because that responsibility is on you. But I'm saying the marriage. Now, he cannot give you a child that will die in your hands. I'm telling you. God does not do things halfway. His integrity is at stake. So he was reminding the people of Israel. He said, have you forgotten what I did in Egypt? He said, the same thing I did there, I'll repeat it. I'll repeat it. According to all I did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Verse 31. In the wilderness, where you saw how the Lord carried you, you didn't carry yourself. How the Lord carried you. I don't know why the screen is going off. How the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. Permit me to remind you again this Sunday morning that the major deterrence to the expression of faith is nothing but fear. It's still fear. If there's any reason why you cannot fully activate God's best around you, it's still fear. Faith remains dead when your works are filled with fear. It's very easy to say, I trust God. But are you forgotten the scripture that says faith without works is dead? And it's not just any kind of works. It's talking about works. Like works. You can't pray in this place and say you're trusting God for something and you step out of that door and all your heart, your mind is beating with doubts and uh, an unassurance of how will God do this thing. Listen, God does not work with the timetable of man. It does not. God wouldn't... See, God does not perform his miracles according to your narratives. It does not. It does not perform his miracles according to your narratives. Faith remains dead when our walks or our walk is filled with fear. Because faith is wired to speak. Faith is wired to act. Faith forcefully will influence any matter, no matter the condition. That's how faith works. Faith is engineered to hear the voice of the carrier 
and perform the expected according to the potency and the pattern of God's word. So that's why I said, no matter how much you think, I said, oh Lord, I'm praying for this kind of money. I trust that you will touch the heart of my uncle. Listen, that's not how God works. He could have done it that way before, but that's not how he's going to do it again. That's not how he's going to do it again. According to the pattern and the potency of God's word. So, in other words, faith connects the carrier to the creator. What did I say? Faith connects what? It connects the carrier to the creator. It's a kingdom tool. It's a spiritual force that projects power and births the expected result. So, I tell you this morning, you cannot fail when faith is at work. You cannot fail when faith is at work. You cannot fall when faith is at work. You cannot fumble when faith is at work. Listen, God has a way of turning those mistakes that you made in faith to your advantage. He has a way of doing it. That's why I tell people who are very, very, I tell people who are very, very eager to get into ministry. Listen, ministry is not for those who are passionate. Can I speak some sense to some people this morning? Ministry is not because you are passionate. Ministry is not for those who are, whose blood is hot. Say, my blood is hot. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. May you not do something that will put you in trouble. <laughs> because in ministry, a lot of destinies are attached to you. And all eyes is on you. And if you check the, the devil's schedule, you are there. You're there. That's why one of, one of those old prophets said, he said it's better to just be a baby Christian <laughs> if you are not ready. So pastor, what are you trying to say? Who is ministry meant for? How do I know that you're ready for ministry? You must be able to identify with mess. Your mess must be terrible. Must be terrible. In my little journey in this Christian faith, in my little journey, in this Christian faith, God does not use people who think they are perfect. Do you hear what I just said? He does not use people who are perfect. He uses people who still has a mess. Your life is too messy. Your life is too rough. Now, I'm not saying you should not leave this church today and start going to create a mess for yourself. No. If you use your regard, you use you. But it converts your mess into a ministry and gives you a message. That's the truth. If you see someone like me passionate about pumping faith into people, if you see someone like me trying to stir up healings in people's heart, listen, the kind of healing anointing I have is not just to open the eyes of the blind, but it is open the hearts of men to God. If they give you my, if they, see, if God takes you to the inner chamber and play my movie for you from age one to this current age, you would doubt if I have the call of God upon my life. You would doubt it. This is me that after every church program, I look for suya. Not that I go to a room to go and pray and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. I'm not saying you should cultivate such habit, but I'm just telling you, I'm still a man. He looks for people who have a mess. Go and check the record of everyone he used in the scripture. Go and check it. Go and check it. 
I know I say a lot of controversial things, but those who get it, get it. Even Jesus that knew that he was a savior, he played some people, who are you? Jesus, Jesus, your Jesus, our Jesus. They wanted to kill him, he escaped. Are you the son of man? Whatever you think. That's denial of identity. Are you the son of man? He knows what's coming. He said, eh? Whatever you think. Your opinion is yours. If you see me as son of man, fine. If you see me as son of carpenter, fine. Peter, that he used, that he built the church upon him. That one was an Igbo boy. He does not joke with his business or money. Doesn't. Abraham's blessings are mine. Father of faith slept with his house girl. Elijah, as powerful as he was, calling down fire, he was running away from a prostitute. In this current age, if you find a man running away from a prostitute, it means the prostitute has power over that man. It's the truth. If you see a man avoiding a particular lady with everything he has, he knows that there is a huge level of weakness that this person has the power to overcome. Mention them. I gave an advice to some of you in church. Be careful of how you pick biblical names, as beautiful as they can be. You name your child Solomon. Don't be shocked if it comes with four wives. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. Because you named it and you have it. Is it David that he said, is this the apple of my eyes? I was not shocked when he said, it's the apple of my eyes because his eyes could see anything. I don't need to know how close his house was to the lady's house. But for you to see a lady fully in her bathroom. Now, he didn't just go and approach the lady and say, I saw you. I have a video of you. If you want me to expose the video, then don't dance to my tune. But if you don't want me to expose it, come to my house. He didn't have any conversation with her. Go and read your scripture. He planted the downfall of her husband. And somebody sees this place and I say, I can't wait to have my first son. His name will be David. He will have the anointing of David. Then be ready for the troubles of David. Faith is spiritually designed to change crisis to celebration. This is a word that the Lord said I should say to somebody, so I have to clean in my notes. Faith is spiritually designed to storm the storm. There is a way you storm the storm that even the storm comes down. Because when you try to calm the storm, it could rise up again. But when you storm the storm, one has to bow. So those who look at him are radiant. Their faces are never, never covered with shame. So looking to him emphasizes the place of focus and confidence. Someone say focus. Someone say confidence. A consistent focus on God's word 
it goes beyond the routine. It now becomes a lifestyle. You can't sit with someone like Pastor Chris. No matter all the stories you have to say, he will respond back to you with scriptures. You can't sit with my spiritual father for too long. No matter how technological advanced it could be, he will talk to you in a narrative that you can understand. But he will start the conversation with the scripture and he will end it with the scripture. You call him in the morning or he calls you. The first thing you hear from him, the Lord is your strength. That's scripture. That's scripture. That's scripture. That's somebody who has consistently focused on God's word. It becomes your lifestyle. I told my wife something. If you see, if you, if, if you see any funny reaction from somebody in a particular scenario, and you, and you ask the person, why did you react like that? He said, they pushed me. Listen, nobody pushed you. It's already inside of you. You find a wife that brings that knife and chases you. Then after a while, she starts crying and says, it's the devil. No. No. The Bible says the devil will not tempt you beyond what you can bear. It's inside you. One day you have projected in your heart that you carry knife. You are waiting for the guy to provoke you. It's inside you. It's inside you. You find someone that is very, very easy to abuse. I don't want to use abusive word here today. Easy to abuse, coarse word. It's inside him. It's inside him. So what else the person? The impute of God's word. That's why I keep telling you that once you see somebody give his life to Christ, do not expect the person to change overnight. No. Salvation does not change character. I wish it does. All of us will be mumu. Because salvation tells you, be still and know that it's God. Salvation tells you, they slap your right, you turn the left. Listen, it depends on the kind of slap. There are slaps that even you would not think of the left. You give the person two back. Tell you. So don't misquote the scripture. Don't misquote it. Now you are seeing him doing gentle, gentle because he gave his life to Christ. Give him time. God is working on him. God is working on him. How do I know this? I've been a church boy all my life. I see a lot of things. The very first day, one of my dad's younger brother gave his life to Christ in the redeemed church. Came back home. My dad was drinking brandy. He was like... Oh, ni muni. Ah, he said, ah, I think that Jesu by boy con jemu cop con. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So, some of you know yourself. You know yourself. Tell him just try one more time. Just one more time. Listen, he's working on you. He's working on you. He's working on you. A consistent focus on God's word. It goes beyond the routine. And it now becomes a lifestyle. Because by default, the ability of God's word is more than enough to change the narrative. It's more than enough to change the narrative. Therefore, a full-time subscription to faith is complete surrender to the ability of God and complete eradication of every factor that instigates fears. So once you subscribe fully to faith, subscribe fully to God's word, you are gradually 
eradicating everything that will want to take you back to fear again. He said the spirit the Lord has given you does not make you to do what? To fear again. So that's the impute of his word. Full confidence in it. Full subscription, not as subscription, not weekly subscription. That's why the scripture encourages that men should pray at all times. Now, when he's seen praying, a lot of church folks have misinterpreted it. They see praying as we must present our request to God. Prayer is not a request platform. Prayer is a communication platform. You talk to God and he talks to you. You talk to him and he talks to you. Now, when I'm saying talking, some people still have the man and say, well, talking, eh, I can still talk my request. No. You can be on a bike going somewhere and just start saying, Lord, you're awesome. And guess what? He'll reply back to you. He'll reply back to you. That's why I always encourage people that just that are developing themselves in the faith. If you know that the scripture still looks boring to you, please surround yourself with good worship music. Because a whole lot of good worship music reminds you of the scripture. Points you to the scripture. Not No, it's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. There's nothing like that in the scripture. There's nothing like that in the scripture. So if that's the only thing that gets you to feel the spirit, that's why you're not making progress. Like Reverend Sam will say, he said a whole bunch of Christian people, Christian people, church people, they are trillionaires in the spirit, but they are broke in the physical. By the time you get to heaven and they show you a calm balance, you'll be shocked. That why didn't you bring this thing when I was on earth? You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. Early in the morning, that's the first thing you say. Do you understand the definition of glory? Glory naturally shines. Glory naturally shines. You can't hide glory. You can't. You can't. So if you are saying, the question, even the angels will look at you and say, which one are you talking about? You can have your seat. Because I understand, like what they taught us in Christ's embassy. I understand that the very first day you give your life to Christ and they present you a Bible, Amplified, Classic, KJV, NIV, NLT, TPT, Jehovah Witness Bible, whatever translation. There's a common one they put in hotels now. Uh, is it Good News Bible? The blue one? Once you start reading it, even the Bible says that to a foolish person it will not make sense. It will not make sense. Remember when you, I, I, you know the way church does. Church used to push you and push you, push you. Say, my brother, you just gave your life to Christ. When I, was, when I was very young in the faith, I read the Bible from cover to cover. I started from Genesis. I finished that revelation. I did it like four times. Fair enough. Genesis is even still sweet. It's still very sweet. 
Start getting into Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. Do yourself a favor. Enter Obadiah. If that is not enough, enter lamentation. Even you will question God. God, I'm confused. When you start seeing stuff in the scripture, and Abigail begat Sarah and lived 742 years and died and buried in her homeland. Then Enosh begat. You're like, what's my business with history? Tell you the truth. I've told you in this church, the day I decide to teach you Badaya and Revelation, we'll sleep here. Because we'll confuse ourselves. We will confuse ourselves. Confuse ourselves. The very first day I was in a church and the pastor said, may the Lord catapult you to the seventh heaven. I said, seventh heaven. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Ha, wait. Oh. So I was curious. I said, okay, so which one? Where is God? He said, it's not in the seventh heaven. So which? That means there's under, there's eight. That's complete confusion. Inside Revelation, says the, 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 the woman was pregnant and went into the wilderness and gave birth to the son that was bearing the light and the glory of the world. You, somebody will tell me, say, that's Mary. Wait, Mary did not go to wilderness now. We'll all be confused. So listen to good worship song. Worship song that comes with Revelation. And it points you to the scripture. Listen, every day of your life, you should do something that will point you to scripture. It should point you. You are eager to know what is written. That's why it tells you in Joshua 1 verse 8 that your success is hinged on what you have observed in the scripture. And there is no way you observe a thing. You are tempted to do it. The very first day I saw them kissing on TV, that was when I started doing daddy and mommy. Some guys understand what I'm talking about. Call your neighbor's daughter, hide behind the curtain. The, those were, you know, now we have TVs that you can hang on the wall. Those days, TV was pregnant from behind. So there is a huge space at the back. So that back is your mansion. You and the girl will enter. You tell her, I don't know how we even conceive that thing. That in the space of two hours, you have done drama of two years. You say, Wake, we have woken up. Good morning. <laughs> then the next thing you say, it's night time. It's tea. Because you must do two years between 11 and 4 p.m. Because once your parents come, it's over. I did it. I can't lie. And I know a whole bunch. You see, if you did not do that, there are mommy here. I don't know. I don't know how you grow up. And you will not eat good food. Well, we did that there, mommy there. It's not good food. You go and cut leaves. Cut it. I'm telling you. I'm using cantas as tree. Some people can relate. I'm taking you back. Amen. Every other thing can fail except God's word. Every other thing will fail except God's word. That's why I tell people something. If God gives you a thing, it will pass the test of time. 
But if you have something and after a year or two you lose it, then it didn't come from God. It didn't come from God. What some Christians are yet to realize that God is not the miracle worker. Like I say, I say a lot of controversial things, but I'm telling you, level at which I understand the scripture. You are the miracle worker. God is the miracle walking God. How do I explain this? It's not God that raised or laid his hand on the blind man. You did it. You did it. That's why I don't look down on pastors that come for events and tell you that miracles will take place here because they are the ones walking it. It's the miracle walking God. An employer of labor is not the one that makes things happen in the organization. It's the employee. He's, his own is just, I want you to make iPhone 13. Is he the one making the iPhone 13? No, it's the people walking it. He gives them the platform. He gives them the factory. He gives them the tools. He pays them the salary. They are the one that makes it happen. That's why he says that he is doing everything so that all glory could be accredited to him. So joking with God's word is you signing up for toiling and defeat. Can I have your seat? Ignoring God's promises and his acts will always get you frustrated and stagnated. Show me a frustrated man is a man that has forgotten what God has said concerning him. Show me. Show me. If you have said something to you, be excited for it. Each time I'm driving and I try to drive like a Nigerian, a whole bunch of times I try not to drive like a Nigerian. That's the way Nigerian drives. You know, eh? Yeah. If you don't know, come and spend some time in the battle. And just do Mikra for a few days. So my wife in the car will be like, calm down, calm down, don't do this, don't enter. I'm like, I keep telling her, I'm in charge. I'm in control of the wheels. Nothing can happen. My leg is on the, is on the, is on the, the speed, my hands are on everything. I'm good, I'm fine. I control that happens here. Even sometimes when I'm flying, there is nothing the pilot can say that can change my mind. Why? Because when he showed me my future, I did not see wheelchair. I did not see crutches. I did not see that I was bending. I did not see that they had to put stick to paddle me to move. No. Listen, if he has showed you your future, your future go and sleep. Go and sleep. Go and sleep. My grandma always says something. She said, all that she knows is that when she gave her life to Christ, he assured her that he will keep her till old age. You need to go and see the woman right now. She's still, she's still ready to work. She still enters the kitchen to do her stuff. She doesn't feel like she's a burden to anyone. So when you are shaking and you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, things, it looks like things are going funny. It's because you've forgotten what he said. And you know the funny thing? Life can make you forget. Life can make you forget. That's why it says, write down the vision. Write down the promise. Write down the confirmation. Do not write in small letter. 
Do not write in small words. He said, make it plain. You know why he said make it plain? For two reasons. So that you can see it clearly. One. Two. So that when you, it tends for you to be blind, people around you can remind you. That's why you have to be very careful of the kind of relationships you keep. If you've told your friend once that I will never go back to prostitution, now it looks like you're broke and that friend is telling you, allergies did a call though. You should have friends that will help you stick to God's word no matter what you're passing through. No matter what you're passing through. That's why it says do not forsake the gathering of believers. You know what it means by believers? They believe the same thing you believe. If I believe you'll be great and it doesn't look like it's not working, I still believe you'll be great. So every time you come to me and you're expecting me to have sympathy for you and that's really what happens in church. A whole bunch of us want people to have sympathy for us. And listen, I have lost it. My blood does not have energy for that. Say, Pastor, I'm going through a lot. The next thing I'll tell you is, and so what? What do you want me to do? We are all going through a lot. I went for a skin treatment with my wife. This guy came to me and said, ah, ah, I just want to ask you a question. I just feel led to ask you because I overheard him and his wife talking on the phone. Uh, at the reception, I was waiting for my wife. And his wife, he asked his wife, he said, between two million and wedding, which one should we do? No, you know, he said, if someone has two million, that which one should somebody buy? Land or wedding? Ah, the wife said, you know my mind though, is wedding though. But if I really want you to be successful, it's land. So after the conversation, he just came to me, he said, sir, I want to ask you a question, uh, if you don't mind. I said, go ahead. And me, once I'm out having fun, I always try not to act like pastor because I don't like all those ceremonies. Please pray for me, sir. Release a word. You yourself release a word. So what did he say? He said, what do people do in difficult times and hard times? I said, enjoy it. He looked at me. He said, no. he said sir, you didn't hear what I said. I said, in difficult times and hard times, what do we do? I said, enjoy it. I said, sir, what do you mean? I said, when it was good, did you not enjoy it? That is bad. Enjoy it. Because what people don't understand is that if you persevere in hard times, it opens your eyes to a lot of opportunities. A man that hardly stays at home because he's always out there spending money will not know that his roof is leaking. Because you're never in the house. But if you spend a lot of time in your house, the day it rains, the day storm comes, you can tell where the, the leak is. But because you have money, you wake up your wife in the morning, oh yeah, let's go out. You don't come back until midnight. It hardly rains in the middle of the night. It hardly rains. Listen, everything we see in the physical is so spiritual. It hardly rains at night. And scripture reminds us that the troubling times of a man is not in the night. It's in the morning. It's in the noontime. Because your night is meant for what? It's meant for rest. Have your sin. So when you ignore his promises, it gets you frustrated and stagnated. Life is designed in such a way that different scenes of life will present you the opportunity to either key to the ability of God or key to the stupidity of self. And that's what some people do. They just run to their stupid ways. A wise man pays attention to what gives life and what's right. 
How do I know this? Proverbs 21 verse 21. Proverbs 21 verse 21. It says, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life. Love is Christ. Righteousness is doing what the Father asks you to do. He said, he who follows righteousness and mercy finds life. Righteousness and honor. Verse 22. See what 22 says. A wise man scales the city of the mighty. You are not scared of the city of the mighty. He scales the city. You walk around the city. Each time I, we go, uh, I, I'm around people that just come and ask my spiritual father. And they're like, sir, we want to get a land for church and all that stuff. You know the next thing we tell you? You say, if you have seen the land, go and walk around it and make spiritual payment. Telling you. Go walk around there. I tell some folks here, you see, stop getting scared when they call the price for you. Listen, the price online is never the same price in the shop. Because the price online is fixed. The person in the shop can be brainwashed. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not a marketer, but I have a lot of marketing jazz on the inside of me. I'm telling you. Online they say it's two million. Enter the shop. Dress nice. Wow, I just like you. Thank you so much for coming, sir. What do you like to buy? Well, uh, don't tell them you saw the price online. Act like you don't know. Say, I'd like to buy this. Say, oh, what's uh, uh, It's going down for two million, but today we're having a sales, uh, 15% discount. He said, I want my Nigeria discount. My wife knows. That's what I ask anytime, anywhere I go. I don't want your normal discount. I want my Nigeria discount. Because managerial discount tells you that the manager wants to get rid of this thing. So, how much do you have to pay for it? A wise man, he scales the city. He looks at the city and says, okay, if I want to attack, I attack from this place. I attack from this angle. I come in from here. You're not scared of the city. And he brings down, what does he bring down? The trusted stronghold. It brings it down. It's in your Bible. It brings down trusted stronghold. Principalities that you felt you could not bring down. A wise man brings it down. In other words, your faith determines your result. Who you believe is what goes with you. Is what goes before you. Who you believe is what fights for you. Who you believe is what carries you. When Natanabasi sang this very popular song, Holy Spirit, carry me. He did not say anything, carry me. Holy Spirit, it's, it's, it's a revelation. It's a revelation. Some of us are here, we are still riding on the wings of our uncles and aunties. Some of us are here riding on the wings of MSC, BSC. I'm happy to announce to you that your current president did not even go to a secondary school. And is making more money than you. It controls what happens with the dollar. He can decide to unleash army to evacuate all of you in that your community and you cannot question him. And by the time they are coming, you look for your MSC, you won't find it. Find it. You'll find it. Who you believe is what brings you out of the fire. I used to live in those days when I assumed that there are particular people that I know that once I approach them, my situation is solved. By the time you get to them, you realize that they too are even passing through some things. In your mind, your mind you're like, well, sir, your own matan is not as mighty as mine. Just, you can solve it. The most painful part is when you go and meet a rich man for money and right in your very eyes, he's giving somebody else the same money that you were asking for. 
and tells you to come back. Listen, once a rich man tells you to come back, go and start praying and fasting. If a rich man tells you, come back, go and start praying and fasting. Because if he really wants to give you, he will give you on the spot. He will give you on the spot. I repeat, your faith determines your result. Your faith determines your response to challenges. Your faith, it determines your response to challenges. How dare you say I'm broke? How dare you say I'm weak? How dare you say uh, things are tough? Every time I, 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 I go to the U.S. and I'm with family members, I have family members that uh, they are good Christians, but they, they feel like I should not be here. Why? Because they feel like things are really bad. So one of my uncles advised me and said, Tomoha, this one that you're living in the bad one, uh, should I help you call that my friend? He has like Mopo. They'll be guarding your house, following you everywhere you go. I said, now nah, you are just putting me on the front scene to be attacked. He said, no, things are hard. I hear they kidnap everywhere. Do you know the rate of kidnapping in this country? People assume is every state. The rate of Boko Haram in this country. People outside Nigeria think that Nigeria is just one community. I stayed in the U.S. for a while. When I'm relating with white folks, they're like, can you tell me about Africa? Like, like everybody in Africa, just tell me. I'm like, how do I tell you about an entire continent? He said, no. Like, I know all of you came from Africa. Like, all of you live together in the bush. Like, how do you guys deal with monkeys? You all will travel there. You see what I'm talking about? He said, so like, when you peep through your window, you see a monkey saying, hi, how do you... The shocking part was when somebody asked me, say, do you have cars in Africa? Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I told some of my friends one day, I said the only thing that is killing majority of us in Africa is not money. It's not government. It's just exposure. It's exposure. Let me give you the record. Let me give you the record. Take it anywhere. Ask anybody. Lived there for close to 10 years, so I know what I'm talking about. I worked in the prison system. That 95% of the Americans there, they are scared. They've never entered an aeroplane. They've never entered an aeroplane. So when I tell them I'm going to see my mom in Baltimore, because I live in Houston, they're like, how are you going to get there? I'm like, I'm going to board a plane. They're like, plane? You're not scared? Like, I can't, like the only means of transportation they know in Houston is car and boat. They can't enter a plane. They can't. They are scared. How many times have you entered a plane? How many times? A friend of mine followed me down to Baltimore. That was her very first time on the plane. She was taking pictures. She said, wow. Wow. I can't believe it. I'm on the plane. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I mean, I'm looking at it like, plain. Plain. A lot of things are strange to them, but they are real to us, but we are not exposed. We are not exposed. They know how to convert your gary to something else, but you are not exposed. If only we are exposed, they will know what we can do with what we have telling you. My spiritual father said he walked he walked into T.D. Jake's studio that in his mind of mind was, his heart was already beating like wow 
I'm getting an opportunity to enter TDJ's studio. Like in your mind, you expect the studio to be like gigantic. He said he entered, he saw two chairs, one TV, two laptop, and wires. He said, sir, is this like the reception of the... He said, no. He said, this is the studio. He said, this is where we make everything happen to the world. He said, no, it can't be. Because the kind of things you see on TV, it makes you feel like the studio is almost this size. I'm telling you guys the truth. So in Nigeria, yeah, you tell a man, I say, I want to have a TV studio. So I'm building on a two plus of land for waiting. There is Koza TV. Koza TV. All over the world. The guy who controls Koza TV controls it from his phone. And you watch them on, on the TV. Go to NTA. Go to Biswest. Go and see where they are broadcasting news to you. You can walk 100 meters inside that place. Why? Because something makes you feel like you must connect one TV to another TV, another TV, another TV, another TV. The microphone must be here. I'm telling you. One time I went to a friend's house. She wanted to go live on Instagram. And I was like, she was like, Tommy, can you come and assist us? So I came. I sat down. I didn't go with anything. I just sat down. The next thing I saw, I saw a ring light here, ring light here, ring light here, ring light here. I said, for what? He said, so that the thing can be bright. The people can see it. I said, for what? For what? What are we doing? Decorated the whole place, did everything. Like, Africa will make you think that if you have not sweated, you can't be favored. How do I know there's an issue with us here in Africa? Every boss is assigned a particular number of seats. Enter the transport system we have here. Two in front, four at the back. If the driver could take somebody on his side, he would do it. He would do it. That's why we have issues. Have your seat this morning. I want to show you a mystery before I tell you what the Lord has said concerning the month of September and we get a communion and thanksgiving in a few. Psalm 23, verse 5. Psalm 23, verse 5. Are you getting something this morning? Psalm 23, verse 5. You, that's God, prepare a table before me in the presence of what? That's trouble. Each time we read that scripture, a whole bunch of us are excited that yes, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I'll show you a mystery that the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He has not served you yet. He has not served you yet. He still did not even tell you what's on the table. But he has set you up by inviting your enemies to the table. So what causes the attack is based on what's on the table. You prepare a table before me 
in the presence of my enemy. Every preparation stirs up an attack. Every preparation. Every time you load up yourself with faith. Every time you try to put your confidence in God. The attacks get bigger. Why? To lure you out of faith. Diverse platforms will be created for you to experience the best of God. But you determine how best of God you want to enjoy. So when the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to this scripture, he said, this I wrote here, this that the psalmist wrote here, this is trouble. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. That's trouble. That's unnecessary attention. And he says what? He says, you anoint my head with oil. And my cup runs over. God will set a table before you. But you determine what you are served. Or what you serve yourself. His own is to prepare the table. You determine what you are served. And what you serve yourself. Now I want to now show you what the psalmist now said. You anoint my head with oil. I wish the psalmist said you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And you showed me what to pick. Or you served me the meal. Look at the next thing the spirit of the Lord is doing. He's not just serving him the, he's not serving him the meal. He's doing what? He's anointing his what? His head with oil. I will tell you a story. That relates so well with me and maybe some of you. Then I'll use that to explain it. I grew up with uncles and aunties that they are not always eager to attend family functions like parties, birthdays, burial, wedding. I have an uncle that will not even attend, but he wants you to bring the food to him in the house. He will tell you, now you know you feel you are too big for something. Or you have those uncles that there's Ashwabi, but they will just dress differently. They will not wear whatever is wearing. They just want to look different. Because they felt when they were growing up as a child, it was punishment. So now they are above 18. I'm like that too. You call a dress code blue, I wear black. You call black, I wear white. We, we, can't, we can't all look the same way in the picture. I hate it when we look the same in picture. I hate it. I hate it. This morning I was dressing up and everything. I know I was wearing. So I saw, I, I, like, I, I had to tell my wife, I said, You can't wear black because I'm wearing black. I like this, no daddy and mommy. <laughs> no. I said, change this color. <laughs> so I have uncles and aunties that don't like to attend events like that. But eventually, when you force them to go, by the time they sit on the same table with you, they are grumbling. They are not excited. The waiters are coming with different food. They won't touch it. Even if they touch it, they will start. You know when you have uncles that start getting picky? Or they start saying all kind of things that is not nice. The jollof rice is too spicy. I don't like it. Their their goose is not even done. Their pandoyam is too hard. Don't they have other foods? They are always complaining. Why they didn't even want to come in the first place? So all of you that is around that table, they will keep saying things to frustrate you. But somebody who served you meal apparently came with the right meal for the feast. Came with the right meal. So, I've been in parties like that that my uncle will be acting funny like, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's time, it's time. Everybody, let's go. What, what are we doing? Then all of a sudden, my mom can be like, just give us 30 minutes we'll be out of here. But I realized that 30 minutes has passed. Two hours, we are still there. Three hours, we are still in the party. The same person that was complaining is no longer complaining. 
The same person that was giving attitude is no longer giving attitude. And I look around, tap my sister, what changed? What happened? And I realized that the rest of us are drinking Coke and Fanta. But that uncle is drinking Gouda. Stout. So I realized that he has not just taken one bottle, he has taken like four. So what is party to him is intoxication. He wants to be high. He wants to feel good. This uncle was not talking on the table. But after drinking two bottles of Gouda's, he's like, ah, hey, yummy, oh yeah. He was too shy to talk to the girl on the next table. But after two bottles of stout, he stood up from his table, went to the lady's table, and started introducing himself. Do I have guys who have done that here before? After two bottles. Your biography comes out with his. <laughs> All true, before the bottles came, you'll be hiding your face, pretending like you're pressing your phone. You'll be looking away, looking inside bush. The girl's right in front of you. Or you'll be acting like you want to go and use the restroom. Who is using the restroom? <laughs> so I look at the uncle, his eye. So my mom is tapping the uncle. He say, oh yeah, let's go. He say, ah, Patricia Dunzin. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Wine is intoxicating. Wine changes the circumstances. Wine changes your behavior. Wine, it changes the tempo of the environment where you occupy. How do I know this? Give me Psalm 104 verse 15. Psalm 104 verse 15. I want to show you. It says, and wine that does what? It makes glad the heart of man. Did you see what the wine did? It makes the heart of a man glad. What does oil does? What does oil does? It makes his face shine. You anoint my head with oil. He has first prepared the table for you in the presence of your enemy. Now we anoint your head with oil. Now your eyes begins to shine. You are not seeing what he has put on the table. The same uncle that did not want to eat the rice took two bottles of stout. He's asking for extra plate. Is this all they have? Bring bush meat. Bring gizzard. My favorite, bring gizdodo. Because he has taken two bottles. Like you're about to say, what is Shayo? He doesn't even know. So before you know it, the uncle that does not talk politics is not talking politics. Ah, why you the Don't see beside people like that though. Once by the time they are hugging clubs, the club they are defending is not even their club. He <laughs> would download his history to the lady, lady that you, you only met her in the party. He would deny his real girlfriend that is in school. The little change he has, he will give the girl a transport fare. Instustication will make you go to go and look for. Thank God those people always come to parties now. They come with ATM and uh, minted money. 
in your mind you want to spray 10k but you have shayu your house went we just yeah, go provide after you spray it again they are bringing more bottles the girl is still in front of you she said I'm just enjoying our conversation you're like ah you're like oh my like ah ah Girl is like you, you, you're so articulated. Like, I, ne- I, n- I never knew Illinois guys are so articulated like this. <laughs> and you know, you did not go to Illinois, you went to Osu. Say, wow, I never knew. Like, so you're so good at economics. Like, you say, oh, well, the economical ratio for Nigeria right now. Like, look at you have you have Shayo. You are high. So you give the person the ATM and say, say how much is there? I say, sir, your ATM is not going through. Say, oh, no, let me call my PA. You know get PA. <laughs> say, hello, hello. So, G, Alpha. So, because I'm 50K. See, my send the other bank, me won't hang. They send it to you. You spray. You do anyhow. You rest in front of somebody's car that is not your car. You are doing your uncle's ski like this. The girl is asking, is that your Vensa? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Intoxication. The oil makes your face shine. Now you see what's on the table. Now the amazing thing that people don't understand, go back to Psalm 23. What people don't understand is that when they say you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy, the first thing that comes to their mind is that, oh, it's goodies that is on the table. No. I wish it was goodies. It's not. It's not. Give me Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Let's go back to that. Psalm 23, verse 5. Psalm 23, 23, verse 5. The oil makes your eyes to shine. Now you begin to see things. You pray to from people and say, You anoint my head with oil. Pastor, what's on the table? What's on the table are conditions that once you meet, your enemies cannot outrun you. I'm telling you the truth. What's on the table is goodness. What's on the table is giving. What's on the table is love. So until you are intoxicated with God's word, you can't outrun the enemy. Until you are intoxicated with God's word, you cannot win the enemy. You can't even change your crisis to celebration because the table is set with different kinds of meal. The table is set with peace when you are supposed to be hungry. The table is set with goodness when you are supposed to be bitter against them. He said, love those who hate you. He said, show love to your enemy. He said, by that you are doing what? You are pouring heaps of stones of fire on it. The table tells you to give when you are going to financial crisis, listen, the most counsel I can ever give to you when you are going to financial crisis is to keep giving. I learned under Pastor Ayo gym for seven, eight years. And what Pastor Ayo will always tell you is that no matter what you are going through in life, there is always something left. When I was going through my financial crisis, what was left for me was just my phone. For some people, it could be a friend. For some people, it could be a cloth. That's why he asked the servant. He said, what's that on your hand? 
no matter what you're going through, never you come to meet me and say things are so bad for you. There is always something left. Many of the times what is left is your conscience. Sometimes what is left is your love. That you are broke does not mean you should stop loving. A lady comes to meet you and say, Pastor, I'd like you to pray for my husband. Things are really bad in the marriage. Things are so bad at home. Pastor, if you can just give him a job, I know things will change. I will never give him a job. And I will never even pray for him to get a job now. You know why? Because... How does, how does PB say? Money does not change the character of a man. He amplifies what's inside. He amplifies what's inside. Let me tell you the reason why some of you, some, someone say I rejected. Say I rejected. Say I rejected. Because what I'm about to say now is very controversial. The reason why some of you will pray for money and will never get it is because God knows you are stingy. God knows you are stingy. God knows you are stingy. God knows that Okala. He knows. He knows. He knows you are the type that when you give people money, you are, you, you, when you wake up the next morning, if they have not sent you a thank you message, you will flash their number. He knows. He knows that when you give them a brand new shoe and they have not posted it online, that thanks to my friend for this shoe, the first thing you first do is shaking on following. I'm telling you, we have people like that. We have people like that. Some people feel like once they give in church, they are entitled to roles. Listen, no matter how much you give me, if you come late to church, you sit at the back. Sit at the back. Sit at the back. In your financial crisis, in your financial crisis, the table that he has set before you tells you that you should give instead of saving. Your saving can never save you. Can I say it one more time? Your savings can never save you. On the table, the table is telling you to wait when you should be running. The table is telling you to wait when you should be running. So therefore, faith helps you to identify who set the table. Faith helps you to know that the faith, the table is set. Now, faith ensures that it gives you the empowerment to know how to navigate the things that are on the table. It then anoints your head with oil. Oil signifies his presence. It signifies empowerment. It signifies endowment. Now see what this guy says. He anoint my head with oil. My corpse runs over. It is the overflow of the empowerment that stirs up your move. It is the overflow of his presence that stirs up your next move. It is the revelation that you receive from God's word that built up your faith that stirs up your action. I will sound like me, come back to Nigeria and say, I want to do healing and miracle service. The first thing one pastor asked me, I will tell you really what he said. It was a redeemed pastor. What did he say to me? He said, God cannot use it to perform miracles until you're married. I looked at him like, Jesus was never married. 
Because that's just his own revelation. So are you saying until I get married, before I start performing miracles? No. So your cup is your space. Your cup is your heart. Your cup is your standpoint. Once your cup is overflowing with faith, once your cup overflows with so much of God's word, once your cup overflows with his word, then you can pick. Because the table is set with so many things. The table is set with what? So many things. But the overflowing of the oil coming from your head into your cup, getting to overflow, you now start picking that, wow, Minister Toby did me wrong. He set up me to react back to him. I show him love. That's how you win your enemy. Oh, Father Lord, I'm going through this crisis. What do I do? I sow a seed. Oh, Father Lord, uh, I, I don't like the way my neighbor is treating me. What do I do? You buy gifts. Somebody once told me, somebody said, Pastor, how are you able to? Listen, I told my wife when we were cutting. I said, if you are looking for the biggest manipulator, don't look too far. They are pastors. Sorry, not hear what I said. If you are looking for the biggest manipulator of life, it's pastors. Pastors. What did that pastor say that made you say amen? What did that pastor say that made you give? What did that pastor made you say? What did that pastor say to you that made you don't do this, do this, do that? So it's so much, so much, so much of God's word. So much of God's word. So much of God's word. So once it's so much in you, so much in you, what does it do? It positions you for everyone's attention and for you to receive the help of God. Because the table is set with so many things. So you now begin to pick. Say, Lord, for bitterness, I choose peace. For envy and hatred, I choose love. Now your enemies are there. Your enemies are there. You know why? Let me tell you the reason why he did not set the table in front of your friends. You want to know the reason why? Because many of the times, your friends will want to dance to your tune. If I offend somebody now, and it is crystal clear that I was the one that was wrong, what do you think friends will do? They will still have your back. They'll have your back. I grew up in, a, in an African home, and I know a lot of you are like that. Even if you are wrong in the public, your parents will defend you. It's when you get back home, they will not tell you and say, wrong go. Telling you. Friends are defenders. So on the table, there is, there is a lot of things. So your friends are telling you, say, do you know what that person did to you? Pick extra fire. You know what that person did to you? Pick cause, cause, so you can cause the person. Because, listen, every spiritual tools and weapons are on the table. Cause is there. Bitterness is there. Brainstorm is there. Fire is there. Name it. Anything you can use to destroy your enemy is there. Your friends will tell you, pick this, pick that. Remember Shade? You know what she did to you? Because, cause her. Just like the prophet. What were those kids saying that made him call out BS? What did they say? These are kids, not mature people. They probably did not know what they were saying. He said, is it me you are mocking like that? Let beards come out of this place. Do you know there was no beards in that wilderness? God brought them out. Say, if I be a man of God, I give you seven days. If you don't come back here, you die. That's, that's, not, that's not it. You can do it, but that's not it. 
But he said it in front of your enemies. And immediately he does that. He anoints your head with oil. He makes your face to shine. He lets you see on the table that, see, my guy, don't pick bitterness. My guy, don't pick fear. Pick faith. Fear can run the show. Pick faith. Pick faith. Pick goodness. Pick peace. Pick love. Pick sowing. Pick prayers. For some people, all that God does want you to do for the rest of this year is to be quiet. You've been talking too much. Just be quiet. You've overtalked. The only talkative I know is God. But now it looks like you want to replace him. You can talk anything. Your plans, you've talked it. Some people do more of talking their plans than writing their plans. I, I myself had to caution myself. And you know what happens? is the environment that instigates these things. You're around your friends. You're just eager to talk. Prado passes by. Your friends say, ah! They lie, Prado. They lie, ah! Um, my this friend. Mon save ni. Mon fe, mi gonde ma. Ti ma si damon account. Mi 3.5 lo wambe. Mon fe save. Oni Prado kon e komotifera. Mon ti sachi on lie. You started jam talking, jam talking. You're about to get married to someone or you're getting married to someone. You have downloaded the entire history. So by the time, see, what some people even don't fail to understand is that don't be so mad or upset when certain pastors give you certain prophecies. Some of them just picking between the lines. Picking, I'm telling you, just picking between the lines. You said so much to me already. So I just, I know what next to tell you. What do you want me to say? So you want me to say, okay, let me go and hear from God. I'll come back. I've heard already. I've heard already. I've heard already. I'm not saying you shouldn't tell your pastor things. I'm not saying you should not trust your pastor with certain words. But you've talked too much that even if the Holy Spirit wants to talk to your pastor, your pastor cannot hear. Because now sympathy has set in. Immediately, he anoints his head with oil. Why? So that his face can shine. Once your eyes is shining, you pick the right things. So this season, I want to plead with you. Where God, what God is said to do in this season, it's a period where you have to shine your eyes. Did you hear what I just said? Shine your eyes so that you can pick the right tools. Faith opens your eyes to pick the right tools. Because it said to me, somebody excited now, that September is our month of mysterious help. It's our month. Mysterious help. That's the reason why he wants you to shine your eyes. Because where the help will come from might be the place where you are always messing up. This is a time that you don't ignore just any our neighbor because you don't know who is who. They asked him. They said, how will you say that you knocked our doors and asked for food and we did not give you food? He said, you expected me to come as Jesus, but I will not come as Jesus. I came as a beggar. He said, why did you knock on our door? I heard clearly in my prayer room. He said, it's the month where strangers will be bringing help to you. Strangers are strange. Strangers are not people you want to relate with. I just have few many funny stories in my growing up. Or in my difficult moments. 
But you know my story. How the Lord saved me from rituals at the Jebubu. It was a drunk that spoke to me. A drunk. What did he say? I say it in Yoruba. If your neighbor can interpret for you, he said, "Ogwe ju anwoto jugosi bi ba elo kuumbi ba." He said, "Ogwe love elo." He said, "Ogwe ju ti anwoto joko ti anwoto joko ti kuumbi." This guy was a drunk. He was staggering. Who did God use to speak to the prophet? A donkey. You need that oil. You need that oil. You need to be intoxicated with the word. So that when those strangers come, you will not use your hand to push them away. That stranger can be your gate man. The very first day I was ever shocked on how God can use people was when a pastor said that the person who led him to Christ was his house girl. That's a very popular man of God in the city of Adam, Pastor Luby Johnson. They have the most, one of the most expensive school in Nigeria, Lifeford. Ask him the history of that school. He would tell you it was his house girl. The house girl was always taking care of kids. And it was time to relieve her. And they asked the girl, tell us what you want so we can relieve you and go. The girl said she doesn't want anything. That they should just create a small place for her where she can be taking care of babies. That was how they started a crutch. A crutch became Nostrum Primary School. Nostrum Primary School became Secondary School. Now, Lifeford is one of the best in the whole of Nigeria. And house girl. Can I shock you? They made that girl one of the directors. And house girl. The person that God might use might be the person selling corn to you. It might be that person that you just ignore. It's a month of mysterious help. Come on, go ahead and speak in other tongues right now. We believe you have been blessed by this audio podcast and we never like to close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart today and I am making you the Lord of my life. Amen. Congrats. You are now a child of God. Thank you for listening and downloading Tamiwa Oluen podcast. We want to take over nations for Christ. Partner with us today by visiting www.heavennation.org forward slash donate. Kindly subscribe to get update of new messages and share with your friends and families. We love you and we celebrate you.